So peace has a lot of definitions. I think sometimes we define peace as the absence of conflict, hmm, right? Or the absence of something. But God's word defines peace as not simply just the absence of conflict or war, but the presence of something greater wow. in its place. Something greater in its place. So I think you can all derive some awesome <laughs> meanings from that for our marriage, right? So if not, don't worry. We were going to break that down for you. Absolutely. So we will see you on the other side. Welcome to the Fierce Marriage Podcast, where we believe that marriage takes a fierce tenacity that never gives up and refuses to give in. Here we'll share openly and honestly about all things marriage, sex, communication, finances, priorities, purpose, and everything in between. Laugh, ponder, and join in on candid, gospel-centered conversations. This is Fierce Marriage. Wow, you went really fast on the other side. That was like... I bumped over. I was just not today, ready for that. <laughs> today has felt like a day for... There's no no room for small talk today. <laughs> there really isn't. There's been a lot of things happening today. Ironically... We are talking about peace in a day when I've felt very little peace, <laughs> which is why I'm just like, let's just get on with this. Let's record it. I mean, actually, That's this is a highlight. That's usually me. That's usually me, I feel It's like. true. It, it, it's, always, it's always really fun and edifying and good to actually be recording this. <laughs> you sound so convinced. <laughs> <sighs> no, I do How look forward to How about I lead it. this conversation? <laughs> it just means I get to have a good conversation with you, yeah. which is awesome. Yeah. And little Lou, she's still here with us. Yeah. So I want to do a quick plug that is not scripted, but... We are getting ready to recruit for our launch team Ooh. for this new book that we've just finished and turned in, and now we're working on typesetting, which means we're designing the actual interior of the book. It'll release in May of 2020, okay? And so if you want to be on the launch team for that, we would love to have you. And our launch team does is basically you're signing up to review the book early. Ooh. To be a part of creating kind of momentum online, mm. but also, this is the most important thing, to leave a review on Amazon.com. A good review. A good review. Just kidding. You can't say good review. Just leave you an honest you review. You can't say that. Leave an honest, a good review. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so it's a big part of any book that drops. It's called See Through Marriage. If you want to be part of that launch team, you can apply or just fill out a form to do that. Just go to seethroughbook.com seethroughbook.com there's a little form there it's super simple it's like your name email address and what you're interested in mm. and that just puts you on a on like a notification list that we have and when it's time we'll send you an email so yeah, yeah. awesome so quick housekeeping if you want to be a part of something else just kidding <laughs> um but if you do enjoy this podcast and support it and want to support it in uh more than one way <laughs> you can do so via patreon.com uh, it's fierce marriage nope patreon.com slash fierce marriage <laughs> why are you even doing there's a lot of links there's a lot of you just links. seem like you jumped into it and didn't count the cost well so i'm trying like, to just oh, get down to business to for you okay, so. let me do it fast <laughs> Wait, leave a leave a rating and a review on itunes if you haven't yet that helps us a ton tell your friends about this podcast <laughs> because it helps get the word out if you want to support us financially, you can do that. We ask that you pray about it. If God leads you to do that, then please jump on board. Go to patreon.com slash fierce marriage. I was getting there. I was getting there. For just... Thanks for jumping in right when I'm saying the URL, the important <laughs> URL. Go to patreon.com slash fierce marriage. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash fierce marriage. $2 a month on up. Anything helps. The whole point is to keep this thing ad-free and not dependent on third-party platforms so we can just talk from us to you, the global church. 
and you can support this ministry that hopefully is helping you. Finally, if you have any questions, we do one question every week. We On Thursdays, we typically drop a quick Q&A or a fierce Q&A, uh, Ooh, as some people think name. we might call it. Mm. I don't know. We'll see. And those questions, we get those from you either via the form at fiercemarriage.com slash podcast. There's a button there, or you can call or text 971-333-1120. And uh, we do catalog those questions, and hopefully we'll get to them. There's a lot of themes, so hopefully you see your theme uh, <laughs> jump up at some point. Also, we have uh, Louisa here with us today. So yep. if you hear any, she's already... I already mentioned that. Oh, you did? I did. Whew. So if you hear any <laughs> little squeaks and squeals, it's Selena. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's okay. Uh, so this, we are recording this around Christmas time. Yeah. And I know you don't like dating episodes, but here we are. I am dating it. Mm-hmm. Um, we wanted to share real quick what our favorite Christmas movies Why, are, yeah, just what? to break the mm-hmm. ice. Yeah. Christmas time. I think as a child, my favorite one was probably Frosty. I wait, really wait. liked... I th- I I'm doing child timeless. and adult. I no. These are timeless. No, because my adult one feels pretty timeless to me now but it wasn't it didn't exist when i was a kid oh okay see yeah frosty the snowman was probably my favorite as a kid the the one with uh messy 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 (laughs) yeah what was his name the the, the rabbit hocus pocus hocus pocus the rabbit i forget the i just read it last night to the girls can't remember anyways and as an adult i would have to say by far elf is my favorite by far yes that surprises me I like There's so Elf. many good other ones. Like what? Okay, Home Alone. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So now, Your Home turn. Alone is good. Home Alone's on my top five, probably. Top five? Excuse me. Top three. <laughs> <laughs> I like. I'm just like pushing you into my own. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, Elf is good. I think I just watched you Elf too like many Elf times. Don't like Elf as much. You never have. Jingle uh, All the Way is a Will pretty Ferrell's funny one. Will Ferrell's sense of humor is very hit and miss for me. There's yeah. parts of it that I love, parts of it that are just like so gratuitous I can't get okay. into it. Okay, Mr. Grumpy Pants. Let's talk about <laughs> Mr. Grumpy Pants. Christmas you know what? Movies. I'm a big fan of the Rudolph like stop motion. Rudolph, I love that one too, yeah. With old Yukon. Yukon yep. Cornelius. <laughs> yep. Silver and gold. <laughs> Misfit toys. Sil- yep. Yes. <laughs> I just forgot about that song. <laughs> Uh, what's the what's the, the the elf that wants to be a dentist or whatever? <laughs> I forget <laughs> his name. name. Anyway, just yeah, that's it's just such a funny. I think it's just a funny cartoon. The characters are so yeah, like flamboyant and mm-hmm. big and bigger than life. Like especially Yukon Cornelius. Like if I could that's be him, favorite. I would be. But I don't know. As far as like a real life Christmas movie, I really enjoy. Christmas Vacation. Oh, yeah. That's a good one in our house. But <laughs> like I didn't grow up Lampoon. watching that. I didn't grow up watching that. So I do enjoy it. It's been a part Elf of our either. marriage. It's been a part of our marriage, though. You didn't grow up watching Elf. It's true. It's true. But Christmas Vacation. Uh, I'm a big fan of Home Alone. I, I like there's there's a lot of really good one-liners in there. Just the oh yeah, look what you did, you little jerk. <laughs> I know when you try to show your kids some of these movies, you're like, wait a second, I don't want them watching this yet. Like, yeah, there's some there's, there's some, some bad stuff in yes, there. Yes, yes. But we watched we watched part of Elf last night with them, and it was so cute to watch them laugh and like they're they're at the ages where they understand it and kind of appreciate it. When the narwhal comes out, yeah. And- Bye, buddy. Hope you find your dad. <laughs> yeah. What did you put it? Della say? She's like, looks like I thought that was a unicorn. Coming down the water. Yeah, it's yeah. so cute. But there's just some fun stuff there. So you got to um, enjoy Christmas movies, folks. You do. You it, do. It's the time to just kind of. We've had a fire in the fireplace last night. Selena, you created the most rip roaring fire we've had <laughs> yeah, in a I long did. time. Of course, I, did. I gotta say, I, I got the logs in there though, and I, I, I warmed them up and dried <laughs> them out for you. 
with my lame fire two nights ago. <laughs> and then you got the little fire log, the Yule log. <laughs> Four hour burner. Yeah, it wasn't a Yule log. Yeah, it was one of those easy fire. Anyways. In fire in a bag. Share your, <laughs> share your Christmas movies with us. Some favorites. How do they do I've that? I've never watched on, I don't know. Just, <laughs> just email us. Just put it, just put it somewhere Send online. Send us DM we'll us on it. Instagram. Hashtag Fierce Marriage Podcast. <laughs> Perfect. There you go. Oh, yeah. Do, a, do an Instagram story. Hashtag Fierce Marriage Podcast Christmas Movies. <laughs> yeah. Hashtag Favorite Christmas Movie from the Fierce Marriage Podcast. Hashtag. There we go. But you got to put the hashtag on both sides of it, though. <laughs> yeah. And I think, so our discussion today is, it really is coming from, uh, the Christmas season. We have been going through a book for Advent. We've been doing a few different activities. There's Lou. Mm. Um, we've been doing a few different activities. Our church has been talking about uh, Advent and mm. the different things it represents and the candles. I think we've been going, I think the last one we did was peace. So the peace candle, which yeah. is obviously kind of where this this topic and conversation is stemming from. Um, we've had a lot of peace and shalom being defined in our world the last couple of days and so we've decided yeah. to well think about marriage and peace because i think we all need it in our marriage and for me personally i think peace has been it, it was very much a like I, I mean i told you uh, the recent weeks i felt kind of just lacking and hmm. not good enough and incomplete basically and frustrated and just trying to make it fun doesn't feel fun and yeah all those kinds of things you feel and um we went to church and they had this awesome video about peace and shalom, which we'll put a link in. Uh, it's from the Bible Project, of course. If you ever do their their word studies, those videos, yeah. it's like four minutes, and it's just power-packed. So good. So they talked about biblical peace being so much more than just kind of our, our modern-day understanding of mm -hmm. the word of peace and the Hebrew word behind the word we read in the Bible of peace shalom. being shalom. And really how shalom is not just a... It's like, not it's, not, it's not a two, it's not a one or two dimensional thing. It's a multi-dimensional yeah. look at what does it mean to have shalom or peace in your life? And they use the, the, the picture of like a, of a, um, what was it like a, 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 wall. a, a wall built with many bricks right. and how like if right. one brick is out of place or if, then the wall would crumble and, right. and how well, if one part of your life is out of sync or out of shalom, all of it's out of shalom. And right. shalom is a state of completeness right. and harmony on every level, not well, just uh, in a one, one or two dimensional right, level. Right, right. Yeah. And so they explain, they kind of define this and we'll take you through a few of their quotes, but um, they say, you know, peace takes a lot of work because it's not just the absence of conflict. True peace requires taking what's broken and restoring it to wholeness. So, again, it's not simply the absence of war. It's the presence of something better. You see this in mm. scripture. Uh, like you said, com shalom means complete or whole. It's referred to being a complete or completed, they said, stone or stone wall. Something complex with lots of pieces but is complete. Yeah. Um, shalom can also be referred to as a state of well-being. Like when David on the battlefield asked his brothers about their shalom. He's asking about the peace, the state of their being. Um, so, that's, that's pa pause for a minute because okay. that's, can you imagine... They're out in the battlefield. Obviously, there's a there's a fight happening, right? And battlefield. There, there is a war happening. <laughs> yes. And so David's rolling up on this and saying, "Hey, brothers, how's your shalom right now?" Yeah. Clearly, they're at war. Yeah. Clearly, they're putting their lives on the line. They're probably camping outside. They're probably in this, the rustic living mm -hmm. on the front lines, and he's asking them, 
how's your shalom, as if there's an answer that could be positive, a positive response to that question. Into that situation, that dark it's situation, like, why, right? Yeah, why right. state the obvious? He's asking what is, yeah, the state of your being. And so it, 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 that tells you a lot about the nature of shalom. It's not mm-hmm. something that originates from your circumstance, but, but it comes out of your, your hope or your savior, right? right. Or, or what you're hoping in. And um, so that's very interesting, right. considering the season that we're in currently. Right. And relationally speaking, Shalom, they said, quote, is a core idea is that life is complex, full of moving parts and relationships and situations. And when any of these is out of alignment or missing, your Shalom breaks down. Life is no longer whole. It needs to be restored. So mm. we need, you see that need for a savior being, being presented once again. And to use Shalom as a verb is to make complete or restore. And in Proverbs, it talks about reconciling. Uh, or bringing reconciliation or healing to a broken relationship is to bring shalom. Hmm. Um, That's interesting. Uh, yeah. So uh, we're going to bring this around to marriage because obviously it's a well, marriage podcast. Well, in a minute, because I want to talk. We need to talk about Jesus as our shalom. Right, but first I want to I want to maybe dispel some oh, of the yeah. lies. Well, right? we got so, We have two questions we want to ask up front, and then we're going to go through stuff and then answer them at the end as well. Okay, so do you want to ask those questions? Yeah, the now? two two kind of rhetorical questions that I want us to want you to be thinking about, listener, as we're walking through this information and just kind of what it means and how it applies to our marriage is how I think the the question that rolls around in our hearts when in our you know the married aspect of our lives, how can we have peace in our marriage when we don't feel it with our spouse? Like hmm. How maybe you're at odds, maybe you're walking through conflict, or you're walking through a struggle that one of you is having and the other is trying to find healing on the other side of it as well. And you guys are just walking through some hard stuff. So how can you have peace in the middle of a storm? Uh, like relational peace. Relational peace with each other. And then uh, in John fourteen twenty seven, when Jesus says, my peace I give you, not like the world gives, do I give unto you? What what did he mean? And like, what does this mean for my marriage? So we're going to, hmm. we're going to kind of boil those down. And I know they kind of sound like one in the same a little bit, or they're very, I think there's some overlap, but I think defining one defines the other. So So some of the lies that we tend to believe is that if we can just get the situation right, then our Mm. peace will be in in place. I've definitely believed that lie. I still fall to that lie daily. Oh, for sure. Especially with young kids, because you're like, this always happens in parenting, (laughs) because you're like, if we could just get this device, this, like, this this gadget that will somehow help our kids sleep better or this medicine that yeah. will help them feel better. We could have or peace. if we could just read that book that could just help me parent them better, <laughs> then our situation will be right and we'll have peace in our household and shalom. And if I can just get my kids to stop disobeying or stop crying or stop waking up or stop coming. If they could just be robots it happens and a lot. It not ha- alive human beings. <laughs> and so we, we tend to think that that's how we come about peace. We attain peace, yeah. Is we, we get there by get the thing. fitting the right, yeah, put, putting the right pieces in place, mm-hmm. no pun intended, <laughs> so that we can have our peace in place. <laughs> Hey, good that's a, job. Hey, yo. Good job. Go you today. But there's, then there's another piece. So <laughs> didn't <laughs> so, mean that this one. This is awesome. There's another part though. So in, in <laughs> marriage, uh, we do the same thing. So if, you know, you say you're not connecting, right? And you say, if I could just get him or her to hear me, mm. or if I could just understand them, or if they could just change in this way, or if they would just start coming to church with me, we would have peace. Mm. Or if they would just start blah, 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 doing that. Or if he would just stop doing this, we could have peace. If he worked more, if he worked less, if he got a better job, if we got a better house, if we got a better better car, if we had better friends, if we right. had a better church, if we had whatever that better thing is, we think that, that some at some point we can basically purchase our peace. 
right. through not literally purchasing, but through buying uh, or getting these things into our lives, whether it's a better right. relationship or better what material things. So how would you, what would you say to this? What say you on this mm. about, because that does sort of define peace, right? It's not just it, by getting something in replace of it, replacement of it, hmm. of war, right? Or, or lack or so conflict. So what's the difference between that kind of peace and the peace well, I guess what, that we're going to talk about with Jesus. Well, right? That's exactly what the the creators of the Bible Project were getting at, is right. that it's not simply the absence of war, but it's the presence of something better right. in its place, right? And so the Bible says not, it says blessed are the peacemakers, mm-hmm. right? Not not the peacekeepers, but the peacemakers. Oh. Oops. In that they are, there's something <laughs> to be drawn upon from the out, from another reality. Uh, I don't want to sound too weird, or too metaphilosophical, but from another rea- a reality that is not our reality. Right. Okay. So, a physical reality, a, a, a spiritual reality that is not our own. Meaning that this type of peace comes from outside of us, and it comes from from the living God, as we'll see. Mm-hmm. Okay. Peace is not traditionally characterized or, or uh, categorized right. as an attribute attribute of God, but I think it actually. And there, there are smarter people than me than me that are saying this, but it's another quality that we could think of as a distinct attribute of God is the peace, the 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 peace dwelling, the peace making, mm. the the orderly aspects of God's character. Right. I just want to read a little bit from systematic theology. This is the the Wayne Grudem version of it. Right. Don't jump down my throat on the nuances of his theology and stuff, but just check this out. He said, Paul says that God's actions are characterized by peace and not by disorder. Whose phone is going off? That's that's my phone going off. Oh, baby. Oh. So Paul says that God's actions are characterized by peace and not by disorder. Okay. But those who walk in wickedness do not have peace. There's no peace, says the Lord, for the wicked. That's Isaiah 48, mm-hmm. 22. And so to me, that's, I mean, okay. So that tells me a, a number of things. Okay. So that those who walk in wickedness don't have peace. God's actions are characterized by peace and not by disorder. Okay, so we know that peace is a fruit of the Spirit, right? We're going to talk about that a little bit later. I'm pretty sure you mentioned that later yes. on. It's from Galatians 5. But mm-hmm. the fruits of the Spirit are love, joy, peace. Mm-hmm. Okay, so those who walk in wickedness do not have peace. Right. So it's like, can we have, can we experience a fruit of the Spirit if we're not walking in step with the Spirit? Right. Well, no, you can't. <laughs> well, I think we... Uh, Okay, if we're walking in active disobedience, I think there's going to be some some dissonance there in our lives, and right. we're not going to have peace with God in that sense. We have eternal peace if we're if we're in Christ, but we don't have peace, like situational peace, maybe, right. or that that communion. First, talk about the doctrine of the union of, with Christ, and so we're going to be missing something that is not there. And he goes on to say that although God is a God of peace. He is also the one who will neither slumber nor sleep. So I think sometimes we think of peace as kind of the same thing as complacency or mm-hmm. placidness, right? Just stillness. And and it's not. Peace is something that is so much bigger than 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 what's happening around you. That's right. why David could go into the battlefield, ask his brothers, how's your shalom? Because he could get a positive answer. Hey, my shalom is good. Listen, they're, sh- they're firing arrows at us. They're throwing spears at us. They're trying they to chop giant. us up. They have a giant. <laughs> but my shalom is good because we serve, we serve the living God, the one true living God. Right. And so it says he used the God. So 
and I'm just going to continue reading what Grudem says, is he is the God who is continually working. And even though heaven is a place of peace, it is it is a place also of continual praise to God and service for him. Thus, peace, um, thus God's peace can be defined as follows. God's peace means that in God's being and in his actions, he is separate from all confusion and disorder, mm-hmm. yet he is continually active in innumerable, well-ordered, fully controlled and simultaneous actions. So that's so good. It gives me it gives you so much confidence because I mean, just think about when you're operating from a true sense of peace and the way you feel in those moments and how the situation around you, no matter how chaotic it is, you still have this like inner peace. And then think about the moments when you don't have that peace and how the situations may seem peaceful, but they're they like their their chaos may be minimal, but it's Mm -hmm. augmented because there is no peace in your in your inner being in your heart. Right. Yeah. So little things get blown out of proportion. Um, so th- on that notice, as this definition indicates that God's peace does not have to do with inactivity, but with ordered and control activity. So, okay. So, so I think of the disciples in the storm with Jesus in the boat. He's sleeping in the boat. Jesus has otherworldly peace. He's sleeping. <laughs> sleeping okay. In the boat. There, there's not inactivity in that moment. Maybe right. Jesus is being inactive, but he's got that shalom going on and there's he's a storm resting. raging Yeah. and he's obviously resting. He's very tired. And there's a storm raging, and then the, when the disciples freak out and they wake him up, he says, "Why? Why do you have such little faith? Oh, ye of little faith!" Right. And and then he calms the storm. So he brings, he imposes shalom on that on that right. situation that was already there. They just hadn't seen it yet. <laughs> she's yeah. She's, and so she's, she's it, agreeing with you. And so what 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 he's saying here in in systematic theology is it it has to do with ordered and controlled activity so yeah. what that means i think is god's people and as people spilled filled with the spirit is that we can impose shalom or peace into an otherwise chaotic situation namely within our marriage and it's not a name it and claim it thing it's not a speak it into being thing it's a i am indwelt with the holy spirit the living god Right. Well, yeah, we. Yeah, and we. Therefore, mm-hmm. peace reigns in my heart, right. and it is a it's we, ordered, structured right. peace that that moves things forward. Right, and I think, you know, going back to Jesus and talking about his arrival, you know, and this, he was when they announced in well, when Isaiah announced him, they, he called him the Prince of Peace in Isaiah nine five through six. So Jesus' hmm. birth was announced as the arrival, or the Irene, I think is the Greek word for peace that is used there for Jesus. It's also found in Ephesians and in John, uh, talking about the peace of Jesus. So when Jesus came to offer his peace to others, Jesus made peace between us messed up humans and and our creator right he restored to wholeness like we've been talking about um our relationship back with our creator with god and that's why this is also in the bible project uh he talked they talked about the apostle paul and how jesus himself quote is the whole complete human that i was that we were made to be but it failed and now jesus gives me his life as a gift this is why we are called to bring peace Hmm. so as believers and christ followers we're called and we can we're called to bring and make peace, like we talked about in Ephesians four and three, works where Paul is is exhorting us to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace uh, in the body of Christ, and and becoming people of peace means that we're participating, you know, in the life of Jesus, which in Colossians one nineteen through twenty says, for in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. Hmm. So here we are bringing Jesus, the Prince of Peace, his, his announcement of, of his coming, right? The Savior is within this framework of peace, 
of Irene. And that, that because we, we've been given life in Christ, we are now given that peace. And as we are given that, we are also called to extend that out to, you know, first our, our spouses wow. and our families and that's really around good. us. That's really good. Um, I, I, I recently posted this on, so our, my Instagram account your personal one My per- well you're welcome to follow it's ryan underscore fred on instagram right anyone's welcome to follow but uh i share these kinds of like kind of personal quotes that i find very compelling and i, I try to do a little bit of teaching and commentary i don't know i don't feel like i can really teach because it's like there's so many smarter people but i just want to share kind of candidly and the quote that i shared this week or last week is a Spurgeon quote. It says, you stand before God as if you were Christ because Christ stood before God as if he were you. Mm. And that got me thinking about this concept of peace, right? In mm-hmm. particular, because we have been going through Advent and we lit the peace candle mm-hmm. this last Sunday. And um, I was thinking, okay, typically we think of peace as a sort of prescription in the cabinet, mm-hmm. right? So I feel I have a headache, so metaphorically speaking i'm gonna grab the peace bottle unscrew the cap pop a few peace pills in other words i'm gonna say the prayer i need to say i'm gonna try and get the peace that i need so that i can have it in this situation and it's taking a soother or, or, or um you know fix whatever discomfort or trouble ails us while i think that's definitely the case right mm-hmm. so there's parts of that that are definitely the case what struck me with this quote is that this peace that Jesus purchased on the cross and the peace that we celebrate in Advent as, as we anticipate his revival is a peace with God himself. That, that, that to me was so revolutionary in that moment because we have, we have been, we are at war with God. We are at odds with God. He is holy. We are sinners. He is huge and eternal. We are tiny and temporal. And Jesus has given us peace with that, with himself, with God. And, it's from that place of having peace, the, G- the, the peace that Jesus came mm. to give us as the Prince of Peace, as our eternal hope. That peace is the one that I think is the wellspring of every bit of situational peace that we could ever need. Because if I know, all right, so if I'm looking at life from an eternal perspective, that this life here now is not the end-all, be-all of my mm. existence, there's no circumstance in this life that can change my sense of peace. Whether it's in your marriage, whether you're risking your life uh, sharing the gospel, whether you are on the brink of financial ruin, whether you are stricken with every ailment and disease and and Mm. cancer and whatever it is. Yes, that is terrible stuff, but there's nothing that can shake that seed of peace. It says, I have peace with the eternal God of the universe, and this life is fleeting. It is but a breath. It will be gone in an instant, and then I will be with my Savior. Mm. And that peace, it gives it gives us peace in those circumstances that you look at people on their deathbed and they know Jesus. You're saying, why aren't you more, mm. why aren't you more, uh, you know, kind of just at your wit's end with this? And sure. they're saying, well, it's not. My, pref- my preferred situation, but I have peace. I have peace, right, right. <laughs> and that's otherworldly. Right, and I love that in your quote, it's talking about, like, because Christ stood before God as if he were you. That invokes that whole image of the cross and how much mm. suffering that he had to go through. And I'm not going to, and we've been reading the uh, Paul Tripp's Advent uh, book, which I highly recommend. It's been amazing. Um, but come, he's, come let us adore come him. Come let us adore him. Thank you. That's what it's called. Yeah. Yes. Um, but the suffering of Christ didn't, begin when he was first 
nailed to the cross and, and beaten before that, right? His suffering, he talks about, uh, in, in Paul Tripp discusses in his book, he says that it, it began from the moment when he was born uh, until he basically, until he ascended. Mm. He came and he suffered for us yeah. uh, to reconcile and bring us shalom, right? He came mm. as a baby. He took on flesh, right? He didn't, he didn't have to. He yeah. was in a complete he was in a complete and whole place, right? With, with, with God in heaven, in his presence. And then he came to us and he suffered for us. So there was some suffering. There was some humility that has to, had to happen. There was some suffering. Mm. Not that Christ is prideful. I don't want to invoke that. I'm not saying that, but he humbly stepped down and mm. said, I, I want God's will. And I want this reconciliation. I want this complete and wholeness to be in place of the the gap that is right now, the brokenness of sin. Um, and so having shalom in any capacity in our marriage is going to require humility, right? And Christ is our ultimate, ultimate example of that born a baby born into a manger came mm. to earth. And they also, and I told you this this morning, I don't know if he, if Paul, I hate saying Paul, like I know him, <laughs> Mr. Huh. Tripp, whatever, if he meant to say this, but when he was, you know, and this may be a historical, I don't know. He's a doctor. Muddle. Okay. <laughs> Uh, when he was born in a manger, like he's he's put in the feeding trough, right? That's where people, that's where animals would feed and get nourishment and life. And how how symbolic is that, right? That Christ, as a babe, just from the moment of of coming to Earth, was was already out there for us, bringing us life, bringing us peace. Like he is the message. Well, yeah, and that echoes what you what you had in Colossians one, right? right. Is by him and through him all things were created and sustained, basically. Right. In, in like the supremacy of Christ right. as the, I mean, there's just so much depth in there, there in terms of like God's word, you know, being, being, I mean, in that passage in, in Colossians one, but also John would one and how Christ is the word right. uh, in the flesh and what that means for the final word really in terms of all the, all of that is broken, being made right. new. Right. And there are, man. so there are three, three areas that we just kind of want to talk about quickly about how to have shalom in our marriage. Right. And three, three requirements is what they should be called. And the first one is humility, uh, mm. which is the hardest one for me. I'm, I tend to be very prideful and like myself and my opinions. Hmm. Um, and so, think very highly okay. of myself. Humility so, or humbleness. Right. So, okay. Uh, so I guess you're going to expand on that. What do you mean by that exactly? How does that look? If I'm feeling completely... Okay, so here's an example from our lives. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, you're processing you, this. You, you, what, what was it, yesterday? Uh, or was it the day before when you... Um, I was perfect. You were having a hard time. And you said some things that would normally kind of get under my skin and make me feel really kind of frustrated, oh, like you had kind of dis dismissed some hard work that I had done and effort that I'd put forward. And you, and I walked upstairs and I was frustrated. I was mad. Like I was going to do kind of the normal thing where I'm like thinking through, okay, this is how I'm right. This is how she's wrong. Right. And I was like, this I'm is... I'm thinking about how I'm going to respond to him because I know he's mad just by the way he's walking up the stairs. And I don't, and I didn't respond. Like I, I you know, I, that know. When I don't respond. Oh, yeah. but... I know. And so I was I up here thinking, the and then I got unsaid. to work, and then all of a sudden I was like, "How would how would I want to be responded to if I were feeling how Selena's feeling right now?" And I thought, anytime Selena's, you, anytime you've really helped me through a situation, you've you've not reacted in the way that would would be most fleshly, and you've actually thought about and you've empathized with me. And so I, after about I don't know thirty minutes or so, 
I came came down. I was doing a little bit of work on my computer, so I came downstairs, and the kids were playing, and I just said, you know, I just I was upstairs, and yeah, I could tell you're kind of getting your arm, you're putting up your dukes, getting ready for to argue, <laughs> holding the my baby. Armor was on, <laughs> and I was just right? like, I was just thinking, you know, how would I want to be responded to if I were you? And I thought, you know what? This is how I'd want to be responded to. And I just started encouraging you. And I said, hey, it's going to be okay. I think you were frustrated because you weren't feeling like the the festive part of the season. You felt like it was just a lot of pressure. Well, there's just a lot lot of of expectations. A lot of burdens. Different areas of our lives. And so I was just encouraging. I said, hey, listen, Christmas is incredible. This is our family. We're going to enjoy it together. Mm -hmm. God is good. This is an amazing reminder to us. And I'm right here with you and I will help you until you feel what you're hoping to feel. Right. And that was, I think it was the only thing that it just became so clear in such a bitter way that Jesus really is the only like hope and joy for the season for me in a lot of ways. (laughs) I don't mean to be so like melodramatic, I guess. Oh, I'm right there with you. Sometimes I feel like the biggest Grinch because I'm a Scrooge. (laughs) I'm just like, bah humbug. I just want this. Right, right. And then we have these little kids that, that, you know, snowflakes are just dancing in their eyes and they're having this. The, the, what is it? The dreams of sugar, sugar plums, plums. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, and I'm just like, <laughs> so yeah, I, de- I definitely, res- I was waiting to fight you, but you've responded greatly to me. And I think that was just an example of humility on your part. Um, right. So that's, so let's, let's pre- preview these real, real fast. Cause I feel like we're being a little scattered. So how do we, how do we, um, having shalom, be peacemakers re- in our lives and right. having shalom in our lives, it humility, requires. patience, and bearing with no, one another in love. Mm-hmm. Those are the three. So the humility, I think in that sense, I, I shared that example because it would have been really easy just to be like, I'm yeah, right. You're yeah. wrong. In this case, I was like, that doesn't matter. Humility How really, love my wife? yeah. Humility really is the gateway to, to peace. Like it really, I feel like it's kind of the first yeah. stepping stones to, to lead us to, yeah. Uh, more peace situationally speaking Mm. Um, and we can definitely have peace in Christ no matter what like I wasn't sitting there worried about my salvation I wasn't even sitting there worried (laughs) about you know how how am I I knew how I was going to (laughs) respond (laughs) <laughs> I wasn't worried. No. Well, it's funny you say humility, though, because uh, what is a reliance on Christ if not a oh, humble admission that yes. I can't do this on my own? Yeah, of every second of every day. Right. And so you, there are no, I mean, and when G- it comes down to accepting salvation, there are no prideful Christians. No. Now, we have pride functionally still in our lives, right. but when it comes down to it, we're can't, saying, yeah, I can't I figure out this human dilemma that is my, this dissonance in my heart mm. unless I have Jesus, unless I have the living God, unless I have peace with the living God through right. Jesus Christ. Right. And so that, you're, I mean, you're, you're absolutely right. Humility is kind of the the knob on the door right, right. <laughs> into this world of peace. Right. And when Christ, you know, we are alive in Christ, right? It's not I who lives, but Christ within me. Mm. You know, we have the Holy yeah. Spirit. Uh, given to us when after Christ ascended, he he left us the Holy Spirit, the counselor, wonderful counselor, right? The Holy Spirit that produces fruit in us. What mm. is that fruit that we're talking about? Patience is one of those big ones. It's it's, oh. it's spiritual fruit that can only pr- be produced by the presence of the Holy Spirit and the work of the Holy Spirit. I wonder, quick quick rhetorical question, okay? I wonder if in Galatians 5, when Paul is, is listing out the fruits of the Spirit, if the order is more than just an order that kind of they rattled out of his mind. Obviously it's all inspired 
Well, it's inspired scripture. Are you saying so God just rattled off some scripture. So I'd mean that not in a, I don't think God rattles. I don't mean that literally, but I'm saying that like is I wonder if there's an order, if there's credence to the idea that there's an order to these fruits of the spirit, like love. I would argue there is. Joy. Peace. Love seems like the patience. The gateway to all of it, right? Yeah. Okay. And because then you have this is, joy. Well, and it's this, like this revelation. It's almost I mean, those are the candles we're lighting in some Right. <laughs> right. And so around Advent. You have peace, so there's love, there's this admission, we ex- accept Christ's love, we have the joy of our salvation, and we, we walk in this otherworldly mm-hmm. peace that Christ brings, John 14, and then patience, mm-hmm. that's the next one, it's patience. that it's, is produced, right? And then from that place of patience, we, we can have kindness mm. and bearing with one another mm-hmm. in love. We can hope for all things, as Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians 13. We can bear all things together right. with patience because of the peace, because of the joy. Because right. Of the... And it says, talking about bearing with one another in love, I think this is, again, why we at Fierce Marriage hark on the co- harp Har- on the cord. Hark, <laughs> we hark the, the herald. <laughs> when we, but we harp on cords. We don't hark herald. We hark heralds. When we... <laughs> Just hark it. When we harp on the cord of defining our words and definitions around, biblical definitions around the idea of love, right? And covenant and all of those things, because bearing with one another in love, if you don't understand the biblical definition of love, you're not going to be willingly bearing with another person in a hard time, right? If it's just, if love is a feeling and it's it's something that you just Mm. chase and it's this momentary thing, it doesn't, it it doesn't say to you, oh, I'm going to stand with this person through their hard time or my like I'm going to walk with my spouse through their addiction or I'm going to walk with my spouse through infidelity or we're going to we're going to stand by this other couple who's experiencing that doesn't say love of the the cultural definition of love does not say that God's definition of love says this hmm. that we and it enables us and by the power of the Holy Spirit we are able to bear with one another one another because it does he produces patience within us he produces gentleness and kindness hmm. we don't just have it like at full levels, right? He produces it. So little by little, we're growing in it. Wow. Wow. You're welcome. So humility. (laughs) That's all God right there. So creating, uh, having shalom in our marriage, uh, having peace in our marriage, and this this otherworldly peace starts with humility, proceeds into patience, and then then continues to bear fruit through bearing with one another Mm -hmm. in love, as we talked about. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, and you already said that the biblical definition of love. What I what I really again we we do <laughs> we hark this a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Not gonna let me lose that one. I? I mix up my words. It's okay during pregnancy, you're pre-pregnancy, like, and post-pregnancy. So that means you, all the time. Apparently, our listeners <laughs> can't see this, but you're like fully caring for a, an infant baby while like yeah, espousing these amazing ideas I'm and i'm just watching you <laughs> sipping my starbucks coffee criticizing my words hark <laughs> <laughs> so you can't win for trying but you're you're way smarter better than me let's just get notice that my open. humility yes so humble <laughs> my um, patience so like if we don't have so bearing with one another in love and that's exactly i just, I just want to repeat some of what you said is if we don't have that biblical definition of love so why do we have to have i just want to take a moment why do we have to have a biblical definition of love okay we take for granted as humans this idea of morality mm-hmm. because we live in a society that generally accepts like biblical morality because it is in in a sense hardwired into us mm-hmm. but who's to say that it's wrong to steal things like who's to say that it's wrong to to be mean to other people who's to say that it's wrong <laughs> to do anything that's not in your best interest unless you have an outside standard giving you a, an up and down a left and a right an absolute uh true north Mm. and that absolute standard is 
in, in our estimation, the, the God of the Christian Bible, who has given us the most amazing account of what, uh, it's a most holistic account for the human condition and the creation of the world and everything else. Now, granted, the Bible is not a science textbook, so it doesn't go into all the details of every scientific whatever, but it gives us an amazing account. And so we can now like basically stake our whole eternal eternity mm-hmm. on that, stake our whole lives on it. Now we have an outside reference to say, this is right, this is wrong. I'm going to love you in this way. Love is this. Love is not this. Mm-hmm. And so that takes humility to get to that point. It takes, it, it bears patience in our lives. It produces patience in our lives. And now we can finally bear with one another, not based on what I feel is right for me, mm-hmm. or even what I know or think is right for us, but really what I know is right based on God's word. Right. And you can't do that without, without, without humbling yourself before the God of eternity, mm, which so by grace in Christ, we can now do that. We can actually have communion with God. So, so good. So good. So if and you're in a place of chaos in your marriage, <laughs> if you're feeling like or you're at war, <laughs> or you're at war, yes, don't just stop the war, but mm. fill it with something better. Mm-hmm. Fill that void with the eternal peace of God in Christ that is made available to us through the person and work, life and death mm. of Jesus Christ. And that's what this season's all about, is anticipating the arrival of the promised Messiah right. to reign, to be the, the king, to be the true king, to reign in our hearts and to reign thereafter. So, right. yeah. And I just want to, I think for the, for the, um, which I wrote this in our notes, the couple's conversation challenge, um, I'm going to have you read a, a grip of scripture. Read a hark uh, of, of read scripture. Read a hark of scripture. <laughs> Ephesians 4 and John 14. Um, those are kind of the passages we were living in throughout this episode. Uh, but Ephesians 4 is talking about like unity in the body of Christ, uh, new life in Christ. And John 14 um, is, is, you know, the encouragement of Jesus comforting his disciples, showing him that he's the way, the truth, and the life. Mm. And then um, he promises us the Holy Spirit, which then talks about, he, he talks about peace. So I think you can see kind of the lines that are being drawn around these themes in scripture of peace, but read those together out loud and discuss kind of your thoughts around peace and the passages uh, that you see in here and then pray for one another. I would say do those all out loud because sometimes we don't like to do that and we should do that. So yeah, do it. Yeah. Do it. Pillow talk. <laughs> Fierce pillow talk. Fierce pillow talk. All right. Let me pray for us. Um, and then we'll call it Lord. I thank you for your peace. Jesus, this is an amazing time to celebrate, uh, everything that you did, everything you became as, uh, the God man who came to die for our sins, to atone for our sins, to make, to give us peace Mm. with the eternal God. So we thank you for that. I pray that that peace would flood the lives of the listeners of this podcast and beyond. I pray that you would give them your otherworldly peace and it would be a testimony of Mm. your, your spirit at work in their lives and your salvation at work in their hearts. And God, I pray that throughout this holiday season and throughout every day of the next year of the coming years, that you would remind us what it means to have uh, your, to have peace with you, God, to have peace before you because of what you've done, not because of what we've done. And I pray that would compel us to love each other in a way that is selfless, in a way that is fueled by love, in a way that is fueled by uh, your power, Holy Spirit. So thank you once again in your precious name. Amen. Amen. Quick question for you. What are you hoping for? What's one gift you're hoping for this Christmas season? I don't know. This is why I have a hard job. (laughs) 
I'll take you out for a nice seafood nice dinner. Sea- <laughs> yeah, cheese on my burger. <laughs> I don't know. Don't push I'm it. just I'm just hoping for just just good happy. times with family. It is, yeah, actually. Oh my goodness. Well, I know what I want. <laughs> Do you know what I want? Red Ryder BB gun. <laughs> no, I want, uh, we have one of those KitchenAid mixers and I want, there's an attachment. It's a, it's a. <laughs> He's been making a lot of bread people, literally making bread. It's a grain mill. But I can't complain because I like bread. <laughs> and it's good. It, it's getting better. I made a holiday loaf. And you did. Yeah. It was what? Cranberry. Cranberry orange walnut. Orange walnut. Or cranberry uh, walnut with an orange you, zest. You know what gets it for me is the zest. <laughs> It's just so zesty. <laughs> oh, that's what we should call that zesty zesty Q&A. loaf, zesty Q and A. That's not a word I'm really comfortable with. <laughs> I'm not terribly comfortable with that word. Anyway, I, I'm hoping for a grain mill so I can make more bread in the coming years. But anyway, thank you for joining us for this episode of the Fierce Marriage Podcast. This episode is in the can. And as usual, ladies and gentlemen, we'll see you in about seven days. Of course, wait around on Thursdays. We have our quick Q&A where I believe this week we are going to be answering yet another interesting question, Mm -hmm. particularly around, is it okay to have uh, friends of the opposite sex, namely confidants of the opposite sex? So we're going to talk about that in about in two days. So make sure to check that out. And until then, stay fierce. Thank you for listening to the Fierce Marriage Podcast. For more resources for your marriage, please visit FierceMarriage.com or you can find us with our handle at Fierce Marriage on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thank you so much for listening. We hope it's blessed you. Take care.